Welcome to Farm Chica's next podcast focusing on America's favorite holiday bird and how you can raise those on your farm, homestead, or backyard. The great American turkey. I'll talk a little bit about its history and share some ideas on raising your own that is much healthier for our environment. Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Rene Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Just in time for Thanksgiving, that great American bird. And for those of you not in the United States of America, America loves its turkey, especially on holidays such as Thanksgiving, Christmas, or any other big feast. We like that turkey. But do we know where it came from? And do we know more about raising these turkeys ourselves or we just go to a grocery store near us and get a Butterball or some other turkey brand? Well, I can actually attest to raising your own flock of birds or raising your own each year to consume is a healthier way to raise your own meat as well as just be healthier for the environment. For those of you who choose to be vegan or vegetarian, I recognize that and totally respect that. When I also look at turkey farms and processing plants all over the country, I get really uh, discouraged with the way that the birds are living, um, and I think it's healthier to raise your own. Um, I know I want to support anyone who's in the business of agriculture, but I think it's really important if we just focus on getting more connected to the land, uh, whether we get a turkey tag and go out and hunt our own or we raise our own flock, I can uh, tell you it's much easier to do and it's much healthier for that bird and your family at the end of the day. So for those of you who want to learn about a more healthy and sustainable way of having some great holiday birds, I'll talk you through some tips on raising your own turkeys. So tracing turkey genetics and where they actually came from, actually, it's pretty uh, well thought of that these were domesticated in two different spaces. It is likely that the Mayans of southern Mexico and the Yucatan were the first to domesticate turkeys maybe about 2,000 years ago. And in fact, there's been a lot of carbon isotope analysis of turkey bones found in these archaeological sites, as well as some of later after the Mayans, the Aztecs, as well as the Anasazi domesticated turkeys, which the Anasazi were in the Four Corners region of the southwest United States of America. So likely it is uh, concluded that about 2,000 years ago, uh, turkeys were penned up and used primarily for their feathers, bones, and meat. Uh, this definitely was interesting um, to look at some of the archaeological evidence that turkeys in these areas, um, they can actually look at what their diets consisted of, which was primarily corn-based, which makes sense because a lot of the maize and corn was grown in this area historically. So when the Spanish conquistadores came to the Americas, they took these domesticated birds that the Mayans and Aztecs had historically domesticated, took them back to Europe, and started selectively breeding them. Hence why one of the original heritage breeds of turkey is the Spanish black heritage turkey, which is a great breed to raise. And soon enough, these breeds uh, went all through uh, the European nations at the time, and turkeys became uh, prized um, meat 
to be consumed all over the world. And so when early European colonists migrated to America, they actually brought some of these original domestic turkeys that originally came from the Yucatan and also the southwestern part of the United States that were um, selectively bred by the Spanish, sent all over the European countries, and then now brought back to America. Kind of really just interesting, kind of completing that circle of kind of trade and, and just the intersection of all these different cultures at the time. Because of the popularity of wild turkeys, um, during the early part of the 20th century, these had actually plummeted across the entire North American continent due to overhunting and kind of loss of habitat. But fortunately, game managers stepped in, reintroducing wild-caught birds to areas where turkeys had completely disappeared. And thanks to this hard work since the 1940s, there's actually wild breeds of turkeys prospering all over the United States and continent. There's actually now wild turkeys running everywhere in the lower 48 and even in Hawaii, far beyond their original range. So thanks to the game managers who recognized early on in the 20th century that they needed to do something about it. So now we have wild turkeys everywhere we go. In fact, in Eugene, Oregon, there's lots of turkeys running wild and always very fun to see at the park and in nature to see these wild flocks of turkeys just kind of scooting around doing their own thing. But be careful, those tom turkeys will take care of their hens. And if you're not careful, they can be very violent. Um, and again, it's a turkey, but you got to respect nature. So compared to other meats, turkey's relatively lean and healthy, and it's a pretty versatile meat that you can eat any time of the year. I know in America, we prize this bird at Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you can actually eat it throughout the year. I actually eat ground turkey for lunch. I love turkey, and I love raising my own flock of turkeys just because it's definitely yummier and healthier for that bird. So if you're inclined to start raising a backyard full or a homestead or a farm flock of turkeys, it's important to identify your goal. Uh, the reason um, this is is because it will dictate the best breed um, that you want to raise on your home, farm, homestead, or backyard. So are you raising turkeys for your own consumption? Are you planning on raising those turkeys so they hatch eggs and then you grow more baby poults on your own farm, homestead, or backyard? Or do you just want to have any kind of breed annually because that's what you're going to butcher uh, one time a year? I will mention that there are kind of two, well, there's all kinds of different breeds of turkeys. They're the heritage breed, which are the closer to those who have been domesticated by early European settlers and the Spanish colonists. And then there's the wild birds, as well as there's some other birds that have been bred specifically for eating, um, in which that they're, they're broad breasted and their breasts grow really fast and large, kind of similar to chickens in the Cornish hen kind of breed. It tends to grow larger in the breast. Uh, most of the turkeys we see in the grocery store and most of the ones we see raising on these these uh, traditional turkey factories are the broad breasted, the white breasted turkeys. And then most other breeds are usually what people raise on their own flock of turkeys. And there's lots of different breeds from heritage to more domesticated types. Um, it's interesting, though, turkeys can be a little dumb. They're definitely not the smarter bunch, uh, hence why the, the toms can get aggressive. I, I usually don't start noticing that aggressive behavior in the male tom turkeys until they're about uh, 18 months old. It's like once they hit 18 months old, they turn on you even if you're the one feeding them. And it can hurt. Um, they can definitely peck you. So it's best to really just raise turkeys um, and butcher them um, 
once a year. I actually prefer that method. I go, I buy them when they're little poults and I raise them until they're about anywhere to 14 to 15 weeks. And then I butcher them and then I consume them in that fashion. If you are going to raise turkeys uh, to breed on your own, um, in your own flock and kind of raise your own little poults through the eggs, which I've had happen before, um, you don't want to get a breed that's been domesticated for um, meat. So like the white breasted, the reason why those are not good for mating is because the male's breasts are so large that they have a difficult time actually mating with the female. Um, there is some research out there that if they're young enough and mature, sexually mature, they can mate with the female, but their breasts are just too large that they're just not meant um, to reproduce. Um, so normally on like turkey factory farms, like the turkeys you find in the store, those have all been artificially inseminated to make those baby poults. Um, however, if you get a heritage breed, their breasts aren't nearly as big. Those are more closer to the wild ones and they can mate on your farm. So if your goal is to raise your own flock and have it sustainable every year, then um, I would suggest getting a heritage breed so they can breed on their own. They can hatch their own babies and then you can put those babies in a brooder and take care of those baby poults. Turkeys are very skittish and easily frightened. Um, very sad story. A couple of weeks ago, my Jack Russell Terrier actually... Um, butchered one of my turkeys. Um, I let them loose to hang out and this turkey was probably four times his size and he still got him because turkeys are really kind of dumb um, and they're not very smart. So it's best if they're in pens and if they are going to free range, um, they need to be monitored with appropriate dogs or other animals they need to be kept safe from because they will hurt them. Everybody loves turkey just like everybody loves chicken. And turkeys are also more susceptible to disease other than other types of poultry, such as chickens. So you can raise them around chickens. You just got to be especially vigilant and make sure that you're keeping their areas clean, or I recommend raising them separately, but they can be raised uh, with chickens from a very young age. As soon as they're feathered out and they can live outside, it's definitely nice to have like a multi kind of flock. Many hatcheries will sell day-old turkeys known as poults in the spring and early summer, and there's a variety of breeds that you can get anywhere from those heritage to the broad-breasted hybrids, which are the ones that are really good for consuming around some big holidays. Um, I was able to buy two broad-breasted white turkeys for $2.99 each in July, and uh, sadly, one of my Turkeys got murdered by my Jack Russell Terrier named Bundy. So he's living out his serial killer name for sure and, and honoring his namesake, unfortunately. De definitely got in a lot of trouble for that. I was not happy about that. I learned my lesson. Um, but I still have one and that one um, will be harvested very soon. We've also raised um, heritage breeds, the black Spanish heritage um, turkeys, which are really awesome. Um, they're beautiful. They're kind of the, when you Google Thanksgiving turkey, uh, similar to the bronze turkeys, they look just beautiful feathers. And these are the turkeys you see in, in the wild. They're just beautiful. Um, the reason why uh, humans have gravitated towards selective breeding for the white turkey is it's easier to process them and clean them up. So um, turkeys have a lot of feathers and they have really thick feathers. Um, and so when you pull those out, there's a lot of black properties stuck on the turkey breast um, just because the black feather. And that is sometimes on appealing for people. That doesn't bother me because I've raised my own meat for so many years. That, that doesn't even bother me. I just make sure I clean it up and it's done under sanitary conditions and that doesn't bother me. But most Americans wouldn't buy a turkey if there were speckles of black on it. And so hence why they've opted for the white turkey, which is it's much easier to clean up its feathers because it's all white. 
Um, so again, I have history um, working with the Black Spanish heritage breed, um, but I heard from some other folks that I've known over the years that Bourbon Reds are really great heritage breeds to raise and they're not as aggressive, the Toms. And so they can definitely <laughs> be less intense because I have had Toms chase after me. I've had the kids very scared to go outside with the Tom Turkey and I've definitely been pecked really hard by them and it definitely is not fun. So uh, they can definitely be very protective and territorial. And again, I would only recommend getting the selective breed um, broad-breasted turkeys if you are going to just butcher them once a year. They're not a good breed to have if you want them to reproduce on your farm homes that are backyard just because the male's unable to sex successfully mount the female due to that bigger breast and shorter legs due to the selective breeding to make that a much plumper breast when you roast it and cook it. And again, in sum, if you really just want to raise turkeys just so you know that it's living a good life in your on your farm, homestead, or backyard, you can definitely buy those poults when they're really little, raise them, and then butcher all of them at the end of the year. And that will give you, um, you know, the largest weighing one, especially the toms, can be up to 25 pounds after four months, which is pretty impressive meat uh, per bone ratio. And you're raising your meat on whether it's pasture or kind of a, a feed of your choice. You can have them forage for bugs and other sources of protein. So you're feeding that turkey every single day of its life. And so you know exactly what's going into it versus when you purchase something at the grocery store, you're not quite sure what that, that bird is eating. And so I also recommend this is just so much healthier for the ecosystem. They're great at eating bugs and kind of keeping things. Um, they eat tons of weeds. They love greens, just like chickens. Um, so they're just a great bird to have around, even if you just have two a year um, for $2.99 a chick. Um, that's a really great deal. If you buy them online from hatcheries, you usually have to purchase a minimum of 15 just because when they're shipping those day-old birds, they can freeze to death. Remember, poultry need a brooder. They need a certain temperature period until they fully feather out with that 100-watt light bulb. And so usually um, they, they really need that heat. And when they get shipped, if there's not enough, they can freeze to death. Hence why most hatcheries have a minimum order place is because they want them um, to be able to survive. And I've always had really good experience Experience with cackle hatchery um, and a lot of different hatcheries. There's a lot of great ones out there. Support them. Um, they do some really great work and they really uh, do a good job with packaging those live um, babies when they're they're being shipped out. And so I, I recommend um, if you do want to do this, um, talk to some neighbors, other friends you um, have. Normally, even in city limits, you can raise a certain amount of poultry and turkeys fall under the classification of poultry. And so in some areas, it's like 15 uh, birds. And so definitely um, those would count towards that. And I think it's a really good way just to raise your own meat. And similar to chickens, uh, turkeys need basically the same type of um, kind of brooding period in terms of until they feather out. They need a brooder. Again, uh, you can buy fancy brooders, um, which there's fancy ones on the farm. But in terms of just what I've done um, in my backyard in the city, I have taken a big like tough um, bucket, the one of the ones you can get at Costco or any kind of home improvement store. And I've wired um, actually with uh, with a drill and then also with some zip ties. I've taken some chicken um, wire over top, um, slightly not covered all the way. That way I can um, put inside the the light bulb and the water and the food. And that kind of covers the area from any of the cats or dog getting in there. And I kind of just keep them inside um, for a couple of weeks until they're fully feathered out and they can uh, maintain their own warmth. And then I put them in a smaller pen outside and then eventually I put them in with the chickens. 
And believe it or not, as I said, I mean, I love turkeys, but they're not the smartest bird. You have to kind of teach them how to eat. Some chicks will starve to death because they don't know how to eat. They don't know where their food is. They're not as in tune to this as chickens are. And so you definitely want to like sprinkle it on the, uh, on their uh, mulch. I usually put in like, um, just wood chips. I think that's best for them as like a bedding. And I usually put newspaper underneath. And so when I, I sprinkle around like the cracked corn, wheats or other grains, depending on, um, the chick starter I get at the store, feed store, I definitely try to teach them to eat. And usually they pick this up pretty quickly. And again, they drink water just like other poultry. Um, you can just get a poultry water. Um, I definitely put some of the big old bird or any kind of probiotic for poultry in there. It's just healthier for them just because they're more susceptible to diseases. And that stuff uh, prevents around a lot of things, even for chickens and any kind of poultry flock you have. And I will mention, um, especially if you get the broad-breasted turkeys, which are selectively bred to grow very fast and big, uh, they grow super fast. Um, even in the first 24 weeks that you have them, they are huge. So just be mindful that if you are going to raise some turkeys, they grow fast and quick. So this is actually a really great rate to raise your own food, and it really is low cost in a certain period of time. So the last week of July, I brought two, and I'll be um, harvesting the one um, in another week, which is right before Thanksgiving. So to me, that's just a few months of feeding the turkey. They do eat a lot. Um, they will eat a higher protein feed. I like to give them game bird, or I just get a multi-flock feed at the feed store that is high. And then they also love chicken scratch, which has that cracked corn, which to me is like chicken crack, but it's also poultry crack for the turkeys too. And again, because turkeys are susceptible to a lot of poultry diseases, it's really good to start them with a medicated feed. If you are buying them from a hatchery, usually they come vaccinated um, and dewormed. Um, there's just lots of different things. Um, I think it's really having clean water and putting the probiotics and all those kind of specific nutrients into their water that they're drinking every day and making sure that they have clean water. I also do a fermented feed just because it's much better for all the birds and it saves on feed costs is you just take a five gallon bucket, fill it up about halfway with dry feed. And it doesn't matter if it's the crumbles or the pellets. And then you fill the water up to just right below the lip of that bucket. You let that sit overnight. And the next day you got this great mush that they eat. And, and the longer it goes, the more fermented it gets. And it's really good on their bellies. And again, just make sure you're getting that appropriate feed for them because the higher amount of protein, anywhere from 26 to 28% is just going to help with growth performance. And because they're going to grow fast and quick, you definitely want to adjust that and make sure that you're feeding them appropriately. And again, turkeys don't take up a lot of area to grow and develop in your backyard, farm or homestead. So they really don't take up that much space. But again, just uh, be clear to look at your zoning laws and ordinances because I know that every city and state is different in how they, they do this. But most places um, are definitely much more open to getting back to the land and getting back to how our ancestors used to live. And so they definitely are more open to having a backyard flock. Okay, now after you've decided to raise a few turkeys or a whole flock... What do you do when it comes time to, when you want to eat these animals? Well, there's a whole separate side if you want to sell these. There's a lot of different processes you need to go through. But this podcast, when creating it, I just wanted to give you inspiration for raising your own meat. Um, so that is when you need to harvest your animals. I know that there is a lot on this, but I feel like it is more humane to raise your own animals um, in your own backyard, farm, or homestead. You know... Um, 
whether they were born on your farm or they literally were a day old chick and growing up on your farm, they've lived every single day in a happy place. You know how they've lived, you know what they've consumed, and you know that they're happy and, and healthy. I don't um, get excited about harvesting my animals. It is never, um, I feel like the older I'm getting, the harder it's becoming on that day of, you know, taking their life because um, it's not easy. Um, it's definitely not fun, but I know that they are sacrificing their life for me to have a meal for me and my family. Um, so I respect them. I say a bit of a prayer and then I dispatch them. And I'm not going to talk in this podcast about how you do that. You can Google that online and figure out what the best way is to specific in your area because obviously um, there's different ways to do that. So now that you have harvested your turkey, I just want to let you know that you can do a lot of things um, to pluck it and then degut it and kind of get it prepped for whatever cooking method you prefer. Um, there's a couple of recommendations to get like scalding water and scald the bird and then pull out the feathers. But honestly, I get garden gloves with kind of the rough hands and I just dry pluck it and then I degut it that way. And to me, it's the easiest way to do it. Um, it took me about 30 minutes. Plucking's the hardest part of the process, but once you get through it, it's well worth it. Um, and then once you get your turkey together, you can uh, prep it just as you would like roasting it or you can quarter it and then sous vide different components of it. I mean, the breasts are really great sous vide or you can just roast the turkey whole and shred it later and um, use it in any um, recipe that you have. Um, turkey, it's a very lean and nutritious meat. You could also uh, preserve that turkey. The best way to do that safely is to pressure can that. So I suggest if you have... A, a pretty ex expensive, because they're not cheap, uh, pressure canner or pressure cooker. This is the best way to do it safely. There's lots of recipes out there just to make sure that you're doing it without causing any bacteria. Unfortunately, things like Ninja Foodies or Instapots, of course, they're pressure cookers, but they're not the kind that allows enough pressure and heat to build up to actually safely process canned goods at home. So definitely those will not work. Unfortunately, you'll definitely need a good canner. One of the highly rated and actually one that I own is the All-American Pressure Canner 10.5 quart. Um, you can definitely get this on Amazon or other places for 300 bucks. It's definitely an investment. But if you are planning on raising your own meat and you're not going to be able to consume it or you don't have freezer space, this is a great way to extend the shelf life um, because also you don't want to keep your meat frozen for more than a year. It gets really yucky. And I would even say within, you know, six to eight months, you want to eat some of that stuff. And so um, obviously canning it provides um, a longer shelf life as well as retains a lot more of that flavor in the meat. Thank you for listening to this podcast, focusing on raising your own meat, um, specifically turkeys. Hopefully I inspired you to raise your own meat on your farm, homestead, or backyard. Thank you.